This is a Rooster Teeth production. July 1915. Workers of the Western Electric Factory board the SS Eastland on the banks of the Chicago River. The company is throwing a blowout picnic at a park 38 miles across Lake Michigan. Employees board the ship with entire families in tow, overflowing with excitement. Unfortunately, not the only thing overflowing. The SS Eastland would never arrive at its destination. In fact, the ship would never even leave the Chicago River. I'm Charlotte. I'm Patrick. And I'm Brian. Ahoy and welcome aboard Ship Hits the Fan, a podcast about some of history's most notable uh-ohs and whoopsies on the high seas. July 24th, 1915, a day much like any other Patrick and Brian, cruel in its unassuming nature. Afloat in the icy summer waters of the Chicago River, gleaming is the SS Eastland. What did this vessel contain? What sorrow, what mystery, what passion? Tell me, dear, have you ever been witness to such majesty, tragically set on a course to fatality? I think it was James Joyce who said, Better pass boldly into that other world in the full glory of some passion than fade and wither dismally with age. <laughs> One could say a great deal of this doomed jewel of the Midwest, but to wither she did not. <laughs> you big Joyce head. Yeah, I'm, I've been yeah. really, you know, binging Joyce lately. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this podcast is already too smart for me, which is a problem because I'm producing it. Well... Fortunately, it was just Google. I believe it was the cliff notes of James Joyce that said. <laughs> I believe it was someone who told someone else who in turn told me something. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. We already introduced ourselves, but we should probably go over why us? Why listen to us Yeah. in a podcast about shipwrecks? We don't really have any research degrees or credentials. Yeah. What's a research degree? Are you hiding anything from me? Uh... My time at sea. I think you could get a, a degree on, you know, maritime disasters. I just saw somebody oh. who got a PhD about a volcano. One volcano. Well, that's Vulcan volcanology. <laughs> How foolish of me. I was a journalism major and I was a, a newspaper reporter for several years. So, And yeah. I've watched all of the Faces of Death videos. So oh, I, I no. think I'm fairly qualified. Well, you're, you clarified though, a landlocked reporter. Yes. <laughs> okay. In central yes. Texas. So yeah. yes. not, a of, yes. not a lot of naval disasters. No. This one goes out to the coastal elites. Uh, but in seriousness, this show I think is for everyone who watches videos of doomed ocean liners and mm -hmm. cargo ships and large vessels during their lunch break at their desk uh, made by people who are much more informed and much better educated on these subjects than us so why listen to us patrick because we like them a lot because we watch those videos yeah because we think you're beautiful well, i mean you could say we're funny right oh i guess we're funny or we can be sometimes not often yeah, but every once in a while, if you stick around, maybe by episode five, we'll get a chuckle out of you. Yeah. Your ears are the Suez Canal, and we are that giant tanker ship that is going to oh, get lodged in the ever The Ever Given. That was a good week. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Anyway, I say shipwreck, like catastrophic shipwreck. What do you think? Titanic. Wrong. Okay. Get out of here. Pack your bag. All right. Earnings check? You don't have one. Huh? Anyway. We're talking about a different ship, although the Titanic will come back, okay? In this so, episode. In this episode, yeah, it's yes. Relevant. It, it connects in a really interesting way that you yeah. may not see coming. 
So here's a little background about the humble SS Eastland. It was a passenger ship based in Chicago, and it was used for tours. It was built in 1902 to carry 500 people. Keep that number in mind. Lock it away in your memory palace. It is done. Thank you. It was used for lake excursions and to haul produce on return trips to Chicago. The ship was commissioned during 1902 by the Michigan Steamship Company. It was built by the Jenks Shipbuilding Company of Port Huron, Michigan, and it was named in May 1903, immediately before her inaugural voyage. Maiden voyage. Yeah. Like the voyage of this podcast. Yeah. And uh, just some, some quick context if you're not familiar with the city of Chicago and the river. The river is right in the middle of downtown Chicago. Like, could not be more in the middle of downtown. It's on all sides surrounded by yeah. skyscrapers. It's like the, the London of the Midwest. <laughs> exactly. It's your Thames. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the skyscrapers weren't there in, you know back then, but it still was the heart of downtown, just right in the middle. Yeah, the fart of downtown. Great. Is this the one that the Irish dye green on St. Patty's Day? Is that? Yes, it is. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. So indeed. I got you. I the got you. Same. Yeah, you get it. You needed a connection of debauchery, like SantaCon. I needed some sort of connection to McDonald's. So I think of the green shakes and I think of the Chicago River on St. Patrick's Day. This is why the Irish can't be trusted off land. Anyway, on the day of the disaster, July 24th, 1915, the Eastland launched at 7.18 a.m. with 2,573 passengers and crew. Which is 2,073 more people than our supposed to be on the ship. Our, that, remember right. that figure? 500? Yeah, Pull that out. Yeah, don't get attached to about a quarter of these people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the Eastland was not alone that day. It was one of five vessels that was chartered to carry the Western Electric workers and their families on a day-long outing from downtown Chicago to a park. The park was 38 miles across Lake Michigan to the southeast. The Eastland, which was on the Chicago River, straight down the middle of downtown Chicago, was the first boat to be scheduled to leave of five, and employees had been encouraged to get there early. And one late passenger had to even resort to jumping aboard the ship when they had pulled back the gangplank. Not the wisest gamble in the end of things. Yeah, probably not. Do we know if that guy made it? He did. Oh, okay. He did. Okay, okay. We'll get back Good. to him. He did. He had an incredible yeah. name, too. Okay. That sounds dangerous to us, but back in 1915, I assume you just had to do dangerous stuff like that all the time. That was just part of your day. Their daily job was probably a, a thousand times more dangerous than that. Everyone did their own stunts constantly. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so problems began almost immediately. As the Eastland fills with passengers between 7.10 and 7.15 a.m., it began to list, tilt, a lot of the same letters, that should help you remember, to the port side, which is left, four letters. That's honestly how I remember. <laughs> yeah. Port, left, starboard, right. Uh huh. That's what you need to know. And so it's leaning away from the wharf, okay? Which it hasn't really left yet. It hasn't left at all. It's still tied up, isn't it? It's still tied to the dock. And this movement didn't really seem to alarm any of the partygoers, but it did catch the attention of the harbor master and some people on land because this is a massive vessel. Yeah, it's leaning huge. away. It's enormous. It's carrying 2,500 people and change. About five minutes after launch, 7.23 a.m., it listed even further to port. Here's where things really start to go wrong. Don't worry, it's going to get worse. At this point, water is pouring through the open gangways into the engine room, and the crew is scrambling up a ladder to the main deck. They're not staying down there to bail out water. It's That's just not an option <laughs> at this point. 
And then disaster struck. At 7.28 a.m., the Eastland listed even more, to a 45-degree angle. Obviously, this had a dramatic effect on the boat, as you can imagine. The piano <laughs> yeah. on the promenade deck rolled to the port wall, almost crushing two women. Good lord. Phew. Yeah. The ship turns into a Bugs Bunny cartoon at this point. Almost instantly. Basically, <laughs> those women are fine. Oh, good. Good news. Good. However, a refrigerator did also slide to port, uh, pinning a woman or two beneath it. We're not sure. We're not sure how many women. It was some okay. indeterminable amount of women that, yeah. that were pinned behind this refrigerator. Okay. They were pinned because they were like, wait, is port left or right? I never remember. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and this is not like a refrigerator from today. This is a 1915 refrigerator. It's made of lead. It, probably. Is, it is made of three feet of lead. Yeah. It's like a bomb a shelter. Real yeah. patriotic refrigerator. Yeah. yeah. We used to be a country. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't keep things cold. I, I can only assume. No, 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 no. Maybe slightly below room temperature. Yeah. So some amount of women get crushed, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's going to get worse. Water pours into open portholes in the cabins below. And let me just say, when you're on a ship, not a good sign when the entire crew in a panic is scrambling up ladders to get to the deck. No. Yeah, if you see that, don't stay in your cabin below. Yeah, get the f*** out. Follow follow the guys with the, with the handkerchiefs around their necks. Yeah, the silly little hats and costumes. What is it, honey? I'm sure it's nothing. They're getting a workout, dear. <laughs> Hold on, this is my favorite Victrola record. <laughs> Here's a detail that you may want to keep in mind while this all unfolds. The sh you know, the disaster has begun... Let's take a little step back. Okay. The Eastland had a full complement of lifeboats, life rafts, and life preservers. It was in compliance with the law. So it's fine. It's it's yeah. no big deal. Everyone's going to be fine because they have flotation devices. They have ways to get out. Oh, no. Wait a minute. That's bad. Yeah. We don't want this. All of these life preservers and, and, and precautions and measures taken to save people are actually incredibly hazardous for this ship and everyone on it. Just like all government regulations. Brian, <laughs> Whoa, that's hold the big on. Takeaway. No, this is not your show. <laughs> like your live show. Like we'll get <laughs> to that. But let's get some backstory, okay? Yes. So uh, this Eastland disaster took place just a few years after the Titanic sank in 1912. And as you might recall, the Titanic famously did not have enough lifeboats. And that disaster gave rise to a lifeboats for all movement among marine safety officials. This culminated in the U.S. Congress passing a bill requiring lifeboats to accommodate 75% of a vessel's passengers. And it was signed by President Woodrow Wilson in 1915. The big double dub. Thank you, What happens you, King. to the other 25%? That's they're probably just like a, an acceptable loss or something. Right? Oh, they're the Irish. They're, yeah, they're yeah, the, the Irish. Irish. Yeah. yeah, The Irish and Italians were not allowed on lifeboats no, for no, fear no. of contaminating the rest of the past. There was probably yes. some myth like, oh, they floated. Uh, yeah, honestly, they're probably, yeah. Because of all the potatoes and uh, rigatoni. But basically, like, none of these ships were designed to be able to hold that much weight. Yes. Above, like, at, above that certain point. It's a fallacy of, uh, you know, safety precautions, good. More safety precautions, better. But unfortunately, sometimes you compromise the initial design of something by adding more safety. It's like this idea that 
if someone had a pillar, right, mm -hmm. in ancient times, and it was supported on two sawhorses, let's say, it's actually going to be better than if someone introduces a third sawhorse in the middle. The redistribution yeah. of weight will actually lead to, will facilitate like cracking. Yeah, yeah. Just because of the way you've redistributed things. It's like the scaffolding episode of How To with John Wilson on HBO. I don't know if you've seen that, but basically scaffolding as it stands in New York City now and probably a great deal of other cities is that it never used to be like that. Not everywhere, but a mm -hmm. woman had her head caved in by a piece of facade that fell off a building straight down. So New York said, well, we need to check these buildings' facades every five years. Having scaffolding and a, and a bunch of guys with tools up on these things all over the city all the time actually leads to a great Probably deal way of more accidents. Yeah, accidents yeah. itself. You, you can take all the precautions in the world, but... The fact of the matter is you change a variable, you're introducing different risks. Just, yeah, exactly. Facade deaths plummeted, tape measure deaths skyrocketed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just paper cuts. It also seems insane to me that, what, this is 1915. They still hadn't figured out how to build ships at this point. This was like, what, 400 years after Columbus? Like, I feel like they should have had it down by this point, at least to not build a ship that wouldn't tip over. We've got enough experience. They had figured it out well. pretty well. And then people were like, hang on, let's add thousands upon thousands of tons <laughs> of weight to the very tip top of the ship. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get to this more, but the Eastland actually had a reputation for listing already. Yeah. But people didn't have the foresight. They just wanted safety regulations. It was like the Patriot Act. It was like, I don't care. Just push yeah. it through. We need safety now in this goddamn country. And so Woodrow Wilson signs it through. But some people saw clear problems. The general manager of the Detroit and Cleveland Navigation Company had warned that some Great Lake vessels with their shallow drafts would turn, quote, turtle if you attempted to navigate them with this additional weight on the upper decks. Yes. The Eastland was a lake ship yeah. that was not really a good candidate for this, this already bad idea. So the Eastland had been designed to carry six lifeboats, but by July 1915, it was carrying much, much more. A total of 11 lifeboats, and these are boats. Yeah. These are boats. This isn't an inflatable raft. This is a wooden ship. Yes, and then in addition to that, 37 life rafts, which weighed about 1,100 pounds each, Ooh. and then enough life jackets, about six pounds each, for all 2,570 passengers and crew, sorry to the remaining three, mm -hmm. uh, and most of these were stowed on the upper decks. Right. Yeah, nothing was lightweight back then. I feel like no. everything was made of wood and lead, like mahogany and... Steel. The life jacket was probably a piece of wood. I think it was a, a child. Yeah. Right? Who yeah. you used as a flotation device. An Irish device. child. An Irish child. Because they float. Well, well yeah. maybe the children were the only lightweight thing because they were so yeah. emaciated yeah, yeah. from all the work they were doing at the mill. Yeah. A Polish chimney sweep doubled as a life raft. <laughs> yes. What a time. And if you haven't seen a Polish chimney, my goodness, they are tough to clean. As we said, the Eastland did have a history of listing. In July 1904, it nearly capsized with 3,000 people aboard. And that's pre-having an additional, however many, 37,000 pounds. Life rafts, of, yeah. And then two years after that, in 1906, it listed heavily with 
2,530 passengers on board. So there seems to be a theme, but hey, you know what? If you hope enough, if you hold it in your heart, yeah. it'll probably be fine. Think about the money that the company spent on this ship. Okay, I'm thinking about it. Okay. You're not going to toss that away just because it's kind of unsafe, right? You got to at least make the money back and a little profit before Hold on, you I'm, say, I'm okay. I'm still tallying up the numbers. So yeah. Me... Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so much money. Think of the executives. <laughs> Please think of the executives and, and don't worry. They're going to be fine at the end of this story. It's like the Olympics. Like, well, we've already spent billions on this. It's going to happen. Or like, right. well, the Challenger made it through these last three shuttle launches and the O-rings seem fine. Like, what's one more? It'll be fine. It'll exactly. be fine. Hey, you know what? Let's televise it. <laughs> Let's put it on TV, right? What's the worst that could happen? Let's let the school teacher steer for the launch. That'll be fun. It's like those Boeings where it's like, oh, these are probably going to crash, but like we spent so much money on it. Yeah. So the Eastland, having this history of listing extremely heavily, and who knows how many refrigerators crushed how many women. Yeah. And some people may have not even escaped the piano deaths. It developed a reputation as unsafe, uh, just reputation, uh, as a hoodoo boat in the slang of the day. I like that. You're kind of like my hoodoo friend. You're very unsafe. Unsafe, yeah. Yeah, and you list a lot. I Patrick do. always is I, leaning at a... At a, at, a, at a significant angle Girl when he's fall. walking. Even today, if somebody said that, I would get the, I would get the idea. If somebody said, that's a hoodoo bo boat, I would be like, oh, what's wrong with it? Like, yeah. that, that still communicates. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're a little younger, you know? We've got different <laughs> slang, like uh, lit and fam. Uh-huh. That's true. I do remember Roosevelt using that term during the fireside chats. <laughs> it's a different. It's a generational difference. I do remember Wilson saying like, "Dang, that boat sus as hell." <laughs> Transportation historian George W. Hilton wrote that, quote, "It was said of her that she behaved like a bicycle, being unstable when loading or unloading, but stable when underway." Oh, so it's fine. <laughs> go, 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 go. Yeah, hurry. We, we have to take off now yeah oh my god that is that is not a good mentality for a ship that holds 2500 people yeah that's too many people like it works for a bike because that's one person yeah like and what's the land. worst that happens your kid gets hurt yeah well or you get hit by a car i guess but bikes are for children patrick no yeah for sure you ride I a agree. horse and carriage uh -huh. or you have an automobile where you kill eight people because there's not really any roads or sidewalk differentiation yeah here's the fun part of the show i know you've been yeah, waiting yeah. for it we get to talk about naval terms. Ooh. You guys want to give me some of your favorites that you already know? Uh, boat, boats, boat. It's spelled boat swain, but I think they say boatsun. Boatsun. Yeah, that's a cool one. That's a naval is term. Is that real? What does it mean? I don't know what it means. I just oh, know it's okay. a boat term. Well, we're showing our whole asses. Yeah. Folksal. Brian, that's save us. One. Do you know some some naval terms? I'm still I'm still trying to get port and starboard down, and mm -hmm. I feel like port really got screwed, like because they're like. Okay, now if it's on the right side, it's starboard, and the left side was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get a really cool name." What do I get? Uh, your your port. Your port. That's yeah. it. Just There's a not a. St I don't get lightning word. Yeah. Or, or no. And then no. someone's like, "Skybounders." Well, be no, glad you're, you're not Bal. <laughs> okay. Shut up, left side. You're the <laughs> devil side. You could have been the poop deck. You know that. <laughs> I I know uh, shore leave when sailors would get syphilis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sextant, sextant is a thing. Sextant, like a that's where they would go on shore leave, is to the sextant. Hell yeah! Uh, who's who are we kidding? They would stay on the boat. They were fine. Anyway, 
Let's talk about these. Primarily, let's talk about something called a boat's metacentric height. Yay! It's critical to its stability. Boats are like an upside down pendulum. They have a center of gravity and the ability to roll or heel to either side before righting themselves. The distance between fully upright and the maximum heel, the point beyond which the ship will capsize, mm-hmm. is its metacentric height. Hilton wrote about the Eastland for such a ship where the distribution of passengers was highly variable. Normal practice would have been to provide a metacentric height of two to four feet fully loaded. Okay. So that's like how far it can... It, it, it could lean, you know, roughly lean, two to yeah. four feet before it's go time. So it's wiggle room. Yeah. That's wiggle, wiggle room. room. Exactly. Yeah. That's a much better way to put it. Well, the Eastland's metacentric height, because of the lifeboats added and the amount of people loaded onto the ship, had been reduced to a fraction of that. Just four inches. Oof. So uh, you can see the problem. Yeah. Right? The problem, here's here's the problem. The problem is the term metacentric height, it's really important, but it's also really boring. It's like filling out your benefits at work. Like, you know you should pay attention, but it's so boring that you forget to. And then all of a sudden you don't have health insurance. Yeah, Yeah, you missed your window. Sorry, open enrollment ended. And now it's time for the this boat to roll uh, into something else. So within two minutes after the Eastland listed 45 degrees to the left, fully diagonal. Yeah. Still in the Chicago River, very much in view of any onlookers who happen to be on the side of on the street. Just people at work. Just people at work going to work. work. It rolls over. The ship completely fully rolls over. Yeah. Carl Sandburg wrote for the International Socialist Review that it was, quote, like a dead jungle monster shot through the heart. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah, they had monsters back then still. Yeah, real ones. Yeah, science wasn't far along enough. So, you know, monsters could get you. I mean, mean, like, right? This is like the golden age of newspapers. You could just, you had such a captive audience. You could write it whatever sort of, you know, flowery language you wanted. So by 7.30 a.m., the Eastland was lying on its side in 20 feet of murky water, and it was still tied to the dock. 20 feet, though. Very shallow. Extremely so. Very shallow. You can stand in that. Of what? Well, no, it's not that shallow. I think if you really extended your toes, you could. No, it's still, but it's not, not deep. The Titanic is like a mile underwater. This is like it flipped over in an Olympic pool. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, I know what you're thinking. Don't worry. The guy that jumped over uh, the gangplank onto the ship mm-hmm. jumped back off. Good. Before any of Probably this really move. even happened. Yeah. That man's name? E.W. Sladke. Whoa. Not bad, right? Oh, that's a great old-timey name. It's extremely good. The initials. What, what happened to that? What happened to the golden know. age of initials? Yeah. P.A. Brown. I sound like a newspaper man now. C.A. McGrath. Yeah, that's pretty that's good. Not, well, yeah, but the women folk. Well, we didn't that's really why you that. do initials, though, so they don't know. Well, I'd have to be like yeah. a writer. I mean, the problem with your last name is the... The Irish, the Irish implication, yeah. yeah. BD Gar, I sell men's undergarments. That's pretty good. And petroleum. You are a yeah. door-to-door salesman. Uh, if you want another fun name of the time, Harlan Babcock. Cool. That's that's pretty that's pretty solid. He was a reporter for the Chicago Herald, and he wrote, "Quote: When the boat toppled on its side, those on the upper deck were hurled off like so many ants being brushed from a table. <laughs> normal, yeah, a normal thing to say." In an instant, the surface of the water was black with struggling, crying, frightened, drowning humanity. 
we infants floated about like corks. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sounds like dinners were pretty dark at the Babcock house. Jeez. <laughs> corks all over. Corks, yeah. Harlan certainly writing with a quill, if that's what we're getting at the end of it. Oh yeah. Harlan middle school was tough, Babcock. Yeah. <laughs> the Eastland rolled so quickly that there was no time to launch the 11 lifeboats. But it's just flat over. Like, and so all these safety precautions that caused this issue, they never even got to use them. Yeah. Okay? And it's 20 feet of water, so it's like, well... You could just swim anyway. You just swim probably. anyway. If you were lucky enough. Yeah. Even if you can't swim, I feel like you could still probably make it to the shore. I feel like a lot of people couldn't swim at this time. That's, yeah. Literacy, swimming, and living past 45. Yeah. Right? Those were the three tough things of the day. I think so. And also, people could swim off, and that's if they were lucky enough to, one, be above decks, two, not be completely strewn aside. Like, or just crushed under something. You've, or, yeah. you've got to think of the force of this tipping over. Yeah. And certainly packed in like sardines on this ship. It's not like everyone had a ton of room. Mm -hmm. There's families, there's children's, there's wives and husbands and sisters and brothers and cousins, and they're all packed onto this ship, and it turns over immediately. And so as the boat is settling, many passengers just climbed over the right side railing, starboard for those that are paying attention. Mm-hmm. And they just walked across the hull. They just walked yeah. over the side of the boat. It, yeah. it, it was like uh, the miracle on the Hudson. Because it's not like it's sinking. No. It's it, just, it's on the bottom already. And most of the ship is still above water. It's settled. Yeah. It's, it happened. It's done. Yep. Okay. Yeah. They got to safety just like they were playing a round of Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. They just sort of snapered nice. over as it was turning and jumped ashore. Nice. Yeah. Hey, we get to go into the next level of life. <laughs> well, the people that didn't make it uh, didn't get to play another game, really, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, they were eliminated for real. They were eliminated, yeah, for real. Onlookers raced to the rescue, some jumping in the river. It, remember, right through the center of town. Yeah, downtown. There must be hundreds, thousands of people just who are watching it. this. Yeah. And like, it's the kind of thing where you're like, like what the f is that boat? What is that? An angle? Yeah, and then yeah. just like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, you know, the gasp you make when you make, see someone make a really risky traffic maneuver and you're yeah, like, you're I'm like, about Oof. to watch someone roll this car over and yeah. crash into someone else. You just, <gasps> you freeze up and you seize up. I saw someone get hit by a car and it like completely affected my morning. Yeah. You know, honestly, I, no one checked on me, which is a crime, <laughs> but imagine you see this ship roll over. And so some of these people are jumping in the river. According to one account, a man contemplating suicide at the river's edge jumped in and began saving lives. That's nice. That's a real 180. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, he must have been thinking about it for a while, and he's like, you know what? Today. Today. I don't see anything that could change my mind. So uh, shouts out to that fella. Uh, some passengers escaped relatively easily. Like we were saying, they walked across the hole. Mm -hmm. Others were trapped in the boat. And uh, some of the descriptions were awful, to say the least. Uh, parents clutched their children and disappeared together beneath the brown water or lost their grip and watched their children sink out of sight. Oh, God. Um, and you got to assume these are the two or three out of 11 that survived. Yeah. Also, brown water, did they poop in it before they went? Because that would be insult to injury. Nice up top, yeah. BG. <laughs> got their asses. 
Take that, people who just wanted a nice day out with their family. <laughs> yeah, this is the first ship, so there may be other Western Electric workers being like, yikes, I was supposed to be on that boat. You get a six-hour break from your eight-day work week. Well, they realized they could and send everyone else back to work to make um, electricity? I don't know what they did. Yeah, I don't know. Something it's, like it's, that. It's, it's anyone's guess. The tomes are lost to time, so we'll never know. Afterwards, a warehouse worker told the reporter, quote, God, the screaming was terrible. It's ringing in my ears yet. Oh, because, yeah, a lot of the people were like in cabins beneath the deck. Yes. So it's all of a sudden those cabins. You're are done. Like, yeah. The cabin yeah, is just it. instantly filled with water. That's a top five way to go. You're upside down. Yeah. Maybe bottom five. Horrible. Not good. Oh, my God. And they've got their families with them. It's yeah, so it's like awful. the whole family. But it's been a while, so we can have a laugh about it. Yeah. One of the <laughs> real heroes of the day was Helen Ripa. Ripa, I don't know. Uh, a Western Electric nurse who was on her way to the outing and she heard screams from blocks away. Never good. No. She described the scene. Quote, people were struggling in the water clustered so thickly that they literally covered the surface of the river. Oof. A few were swimming. The rest were floundering about, some clinging to a little raft that had floated free. Ah, it worked. Oh, I guess they, one yeah. raft. We did <laughs> one it. raft worked. Did its job. <laughs> Others clutching at anything they could reach, at bits of wood at each other, grabbing each other, pulling each other down, and screaming. The screaming was the most horrible of all. Yeah, I would imagine. Oh my God. Sounds bad. Oh, I feel sick. Uh, but she acted. So when she got to the scene, Ripa started organizing relief efforts. She directed a hospital employee to telephone a department store for 500 blankets. Okay. She called restaurants and asked for hot soup and coffee to be delivered to the hospital. Great, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. You know, I feel like maybe feel like maybe they needed more help in the moment. No, soup was the best you could get at oh, the time. Oh, okay. You're there right. There was no, yeah, you know. I guess. That was the pizza of its time. Yeah, soup. That was the Cold codeine soup. of its time. Oh, uh, no, maybe opiates. <laughs> well, my family's dead, but oh, wait, free soup? Hang on. Stay, mm -hmm. in, stay in the total loss. What kind is it? It's an Italian wedding? <laughs> you don't have any bread with maggots in it, do you? <laughs> hey, could I get any hard tack? Is that doable? Just like a little. I just need yeah, a crumb. Just a I just bite. need a little bit to soak up the yeah. bottom of this. Basically just water. It is. I mean, it's very nice, flour. and I'm sure it's very helpful that she did all this. But also, it, it is funny that she like saw the river filled with people screaming, and is like, "I got to get on the phone and get some soup asap." Well, there were some people that were maybe less helpful than I, than humble I, Helen, I believe, it. Uh, who saw this mass of people floating in the river, trying to keep from going under, and so they said, "I know what I'll do. I'll throw crates in so they can grab onto them." And oh. so there are accounts of people hurling like chicken crates and, you know, all sorts of debris and wood from the banks of the river into it. And there are apparently accounts that people who were trying to swim and survive and stay above water were struck by these objects and oh. went under the water. Oh, no. Oh. Lights out. That's it. Uh, sorry, <laughs> you were helped. That's So you don't get to come back. Just really, you know, everyone is probably, it's probably so panicked, probably so loud, so traumatic and catastrophic. And it's like, I know what I'll do. <laughs> Throw this 200 pound crate down. <laughs> probably with chickens still inside. Oh yeah, definitely. Let's be honest. Yeah. What is that? Bowling balls and all sorts of stuff. Oh, it's angry claws being thrown at me. Great. Thank you. You know what? I'm just going to sink. Oh, I was okay. waiting for a beak. For talents, this is superb. 
But survivors did make it to the dock and Ripa did send the less injured home. She said, I would simply go out into the street, stop the first automobile that came along, load it up with people and tell the owner or driver where to take them. She later wrote, and not one driver said no. Well, that was probably because of her pistol. Right, yeah. Listen here, (laughs) you were going to take these people. By eight o'clock, so this is like less than an hour after the ship started loading, Mm -hmm. almost all the survivors had been pulled from the river. By noon, divers and rescue workers finally reached bodies that had been trapped underwater in the portside cabins. Uh, No, no, no. They were fine. They were fine? They were fine, yeah. I mean, they were dead, but probably in the condition was okay. What did they dive in? Is this like the the like the bell huge yeah I, I, suit? I I would assume so. It has to be right. Had... I mean, what did they? What else? I don't know. Maybe they had something else. But by well, then, but... it's twenty feet of water. They may have been free diving. It's true. They might just be able to hold their breath. They might just be holding their breath and wearing goggles. Yeah. If I'm the suicide guy, I'm really annoyed because I'm jumping in. I'm trying to save people. I don't even get my name recorded for posterity, but Kelly Ripa over here (laughs) gets a few things of soup and, oh, she's the big hero. She carjacked things and made them them, like take people home, turned them into taxis. But suicide guys like I saved three kids. I don't, you can't even call me John. But did you give him soup? No. Yeah, I didn't hear about any coffee from uh, Suicide Man. Yeah. If you want to get recognized 107 years later or so, you have to A, save hundreds of people with blankets and, you know, aid, or B, jump onto the ship and then jump off of it. Yeah, those will those names we remember. We and respect. Honor to this we thank day. you for your service, EW. Yeah. yeah. He tried to save people. She catered a disaster <laughs> and gets all the credit. Well, we also have some more uh, helpers showing up to the scene. Priests arrive to hear confessions and administer last rites. The confessions part, like, hey, so I know you've been crushed under a ship. Did you sin at all? Did you do anything? Did you do anything you want to talk about? Are you a virgin? Because if not, you're going somewhere else. But uh, one reporter wrote that, quote, there was little work for them. These priests. Uh, The results of the Eastland's somersault could be phrased in two words. Living. Or dead. Yeah. Other than getting crushed, it's kind of like you either are on a ship that tips over and jump out, or you are trapped in the ship and die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless they had like a diving priest and maybe there was a <laughs> pocket of air below decks. Uh huh. I mean, that is part of seminary. Diving is diving yeah. etiquette. Yeah. So the casualties are mounting, and a nearby armory was converted to a morgue uh, where corpses were placed in rows. And just before midnight, the public was admitted to look for family members. There are photographs of this morgue, or at least a very similar setup somewhere near the river. Yep. And it is haunting. Because a lot they, of people. They are, they are lined up head to toe, side by side. Most of them wearing masks or covering over their faces. And I mean, like, unless there was like physical damage, they weren't in the water that long. So they probably didn't even like look. Yeah. bad it, yeah. it, 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 there's one guy who doesn't have a covering on his face in a photograph I saw he's just eyes open just looking it's haunting you realize what you're looking at so now we get to the aftermath woo we did. yay uh, and hey, guess what the other four ships they went to the party and it was so great and they had a ton no, of fun lots of newly single dudes out there ready to mingle oh no oh gosh yeah I mean uh, they didn't go Right. They didn't yeah, go. I Western Electric I was it. like, yikes. Yeah. I was actually pulling your leg, 
Fitzpatrick. Okay. We're sorry your family all died. You guys get a half day off Ooh, next year. That's generous. It's like that um that picture that was going around like thank you for your hard work. Your gift this year will be a banana. Yes. They put banners outside saying heroes work here. <laughs> yeah. And everybody felt better. And we're going to institute hero pay. That means we have to fire people. So, after the ship is, you know, done and turned over and people are pulled out, we start to really understand the effects of what happened after the fact. One person who was scheduled to be on the Eastland was a 20-year-old named George Hallis, an American football player. Ooh. Ooh. Strong. Big yeah. shoulders. But he ran late and arrived after the ship had overturned. Okay. Hallis would go on to become the coach and owner of the Chicago Bears and a founding member Whoa. of the National Football League. The NFL? I was doing a different theme. Yep. Yes, the NFL. <laughs> he would go on to become Mike Ditka. Cool. <laughs> Sick. Star of Kicking and Screaming. It's kind of like uh, Seth MacFarlane on 9-11. But his family yeah. guy was the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Close. Lasted a lot longer. Yes. Yeah. Well, syndication is going to be going That's on true. for a while. That's true. The Eastland was one of the deadliest ship disasters of the day. Just 10 weeks earlier, the Lusitania had been torpedoed and sunk with a death toll of 785 passengers. In 1912, 829 passengers had died aboard the Titanic, plus 694 crew members. After the Eastland rolled in 20 feet of the Chicago River, 844 passengers died. So many people. Does that account for crew or did they all get out? I don't know if that accounts for the crew. Yeah, because they were they were well they were getting out of there. That's true. They were, yeah, they were <laughs> scrambling up the ladders. <laughs> it's like if you get caught in the running of the bulls and everyone runs past yeah. you. So here comes the fun part: placing blame mm -hmm. for the disaster. That's right. Buckle up, folks. It's time for this gossip. It's time to spill the tea. Eastland <laughs> Captain Harry Peterson, Chief Engineer Joseph Erickson, and other crew members were taken into custody. This was partly done to protect them from the angry crowd at the scene. I don't know when they got off the boat, but it must have been early because the whole thing happened over the course of a couple minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I think back then, angry crowds had their own ways of dispensing justice. <laughs> yeah. they, they were throwing pitchforks in to help people uh, stay afloat. Uh, and uh, 844 is passengers and crew. Passengers and crew. So that's okay, total. The so. total death toll is 844. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's okay. not that much. No, then that's fine. That's, that's good, actually. In the end, it was Ericsson the chief engineer who got most of the blame for mismanaging the ballast tanks in the hold to right the Eastland before it capsized. I don't know if there was really much he could do, but he was initially represented by the famed attorney Clarence Darrow, and then Erickson died as the proceedings went on. So yeah. convenient fall guy, right? I think you just need a living fall guy in these, because the Titanic dude, the guy who got, took most of the blame, was like the CEO of the, the company. Yeah, no, the CEO did fine and uh, in this situation. They blamed this guy. They blamed the Scandinavian guy because they didn't want to blame, like, the Polish, you know, right. captain. Right, sure, yeah. Right. They had to save face a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Clarence Darrow, Brian, that's he's he's a notable figure, right? What what would people know him for? He was the Johnny Cochran of his day. He was uh, the uh, uh, defense attorney in the Scopes Monkey Trial. There was a famous ah. famous uh, when he cross examined William Jennings Bryan. So yeah, Clarence Darrow, hugely famous. Well, kind of uh, irresponsible to let his client die. Yeah, I mean, probably should have been a little I more careful. A, I think there a real lawyer, one, but. 
Well, he was probably, and, and that he was probably an old man at this point of like 32 years old. So it might've just been natural. He causes. was nearing the end. <laughs> he was also hanging on by a thread. How long did the case go on for? Cause wasn't it like. It was years. It, yeah. it was a significant amount of time. I'll, I'll, I'll look that up. There hadn't been tort reform yet. So these things lasted forever. Yeah. We hadn't as a culture dogpiled on the women who got literally burned by McDonald's coffee. Yeah, we hadn't we hadn't made fun of her. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Every every late night host was jockeying for the best riff on this woman with severe third degree burns from a cup of coffee. Yeah, if you've seen those pictures, it's like, oh, she's like maimed. Yeah, and everyone was like, this selfish woman couldn't. Who cares? It's McDonald's. I don't care if you sue McDonald's for a made up thing, like or a real thing. Just yeah, sue McDonald's. Yes. Who cares? Yeah. It's no, McDonald's. but we no we side with. McDonald's and the McDonald's Corporation. Yeah, every time. And we, we stand proudly arm, arm in arm with Ronald yep. McDonald. <laughs> it took the grimace. It took 24 years to resolve all the legal proceedings. Oh, so yeah, no wonder he died when it's uh, before it ended. Yeah, seriously. He was a great grandfather of 20 by then. <laughs> <laughs> and they were all complacent. Not complacent, complicit. Complicit, yeah. There's the word. Anyway, even though Erickson sort of got the book thrown at him in a matter of speaking, there was strong evidence that Peterson, the captain, had been negligent, but mm. he was not prosecuted. Yeah. Uh, and neither were any of the officers of the steamship company. All criminal charges were dropped, and the owners avoided any legal finding of negligence. My country is <laughs> of the land of 11 lifeboats. I'm standing. You can't see, but I'm standing I with can, my hand Yeah, I can hear it. We only record standing. Yeah. George Hilton, the transportation historian that we mentioned earlier, concluded that the blame was due to the boat's poor design that had been rendered top-heavy as a result of the post-Titanic safety measures. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if we mentioned that specifically, but this influx of safety stuff is directly because of the Titanic. Oh, we, we did know. mention that. We but, mentioned that. But, I mean, like, it is fascinating that, that the overcorrection led to such a disaster. Yeah. And even though it was such a disaster, you know, 10 weeks after Lusitania, which set off the powder keg and introduced America to World War I, that got a lot more news. I think even to this day, people don't really know or talk about the Eastland disaster. Yeah, the first time I heard about it, I had to like look it up just to visualize what a giant like liner just tipped over yeah. in the river would could look like. And then even then, even looking at the photo, which is like crazy, you know, it's a huge ship on its side. Even then, it's still just like 844 people died like a foot and a half from downtown Chicago. It's insane. Yeah. It seems like something that everyone collectively was just probably really embarrassed by because it seems yeah. so preventable, yeah, yeah. so avoidable. Like, hey, maybe we shouldn't violate all naval principles and just stack a bunch of stuff on top of the ship. That's probably <laughs> right, a bad idea. Right. Oh, well, let's do it anyway because we're all worried after the Titanic and it seems like, oh, oh, that, that was bad. Okay, yeah, let's yeah. just never Oops. talk about that again. <laughs> well, Our bad. at the very least, there were efforts made to compensate victims' families. Western Electric immediately allocated 100,000 towards relief for the families. I mean, it wasn't really their fault, so yeah. I guess that was big. And that was a lot of money at the time. And within 48 hours, an appeal to Chicago citizens was made to contribute 200000 I don't know how that panned out. Uh, yeah. Nearly double that no, they amount. they raised it. They, they did. They, they raised it? it? Oh, yeah, that's the next sentence. Oh, look at that. 
How about that nearly double that amount was received over the next few weeks via donations from thousands of individuals and companies? So That's nice. I mean, this this is the city coming into to, to yeah. aid, which is, yeah. you know, really, really cool to see. I mean, because, yeah, these are just like electric employees. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah, not these, this like... Is, this, and this is part of the reason it doesn't get the attention that these other ships get. I mean, the Titanic was this very romantic story yeah, yeah. and a very tragic story and, and a lot of pretty wealthy people and famous like for the time people died there yeah, yeah. and it, it it you know it sent waves throughout the world and and to yeah. this day of course this was poor workers and unfortunately their families who were going to a picnic so it's cool to see people in the time uh raise these funds at uh Weekman Park later called Wrigley Field all proceeds from a baseball game held on July 29th were donated to the relief of the victims Admission was paid not just by fans, but by everyone who was at the ballpark, including the players, coaches, and umpires. That's so, nice. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, you know, making making light, not light, but what you can of a situation. The Eastland was salvaged and sold to the U.S. Navy. It was designated a gunboat and renamed USS Wilmette. The revamped ship was used primarily as a training vessel on the Great Lakes and was scrapped after World War II. R.I.P. USS Eastland, or Wilmette. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, though, maritime law limited liability for the value of the Eastland okay. to $46,000. Mm. And uh, that money really did not go to the victims or families no, of no, the no, victims. No. Of it went to the salvage company that towed the vessel mm -hmm. uh, and the coal company that supplied the fuel. Oh. And, you know, $46,000 in 1915, that's over 1.2 mil today. Really? Yes. Whoa. Yeah. And so, you know, that puts into perspective the 100000 the 200000 yeah. the money raised by the, yeah. the, the baseball game. But even still, maritime law was like, eh, it's not worth that much. No, and we're yeah. not going to give it to the people that died. <laughs> yeah. So, unfortunately, the, here ends the, the story of the SS Eastland. Extremely tragic, extremely random seeming maybe on the surface, but actually was a series of, you know, a lot of neglect a series yeah. of bad decisions and a lot of people probably unknowingly conspiring to make a death trap. Yeah, just a lot of things that when put together is a death trap. <laughs> really bad, yeah, really, really bad. A... Glad I wasn't there, I'll say it. Yeah, I mean, it'd be, you know, maybe if you're one of the crew people who are scrambling up the ladder, that could be fun. Mm, no. No? No, oh, I think it yeah. seems bad. Oh, okay. I think it all seems okay. bad. You must they must have been sweating over those twenty-four years of, of deliberations. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, one of these days they're coming for me. That's gonna follow you if you're on that crew. Oh, too. That yes. haunts hey, you, weren't yeah. you on the Eastland? No, you can't no, work on our ship, dude. No, no, Get no. out of here. I was on the Westland, uh, I think. <laughs> oh, all right, come aboard. That's it. That's the first subject of our first episode. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed listening. it. You know. We're going to toe the line between goofing off and having fun and also horrible, often avoidable tragedies. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. So I, I just want to quickly jump in before we end and say not the last disaster on the Chicago River. No. And I would say probably oh. the second worst in the yeah. grand scheme of things. So unfortunately, just uh, a few blocks away, but almost, you know, 100 years later, on the Kinsey Street Bridge... The Dave Matthews Band, who you may be familiar with, <laughs> did dump 800 pounds of human waste onto a passenger boat that was passing underneath. Also known as their greatest hits. <laughs> nice. <laughs> their greatest. <laughs> you want to know how much money they had to pay? 
How much? $300,000. To who? Which in today's money is probably 325000 When was 350? this? 2004. Ah, Anchorman year. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the, Great year. the bus driver uh, pled guilty. He took oh the blame. And it looks like that case was wrapped up pretty, how, pretty quickly. How do you... How do you make that okay in your head? Okay, I'm, so I'm gonna so lose it right here. The bus is going over these bridges. Have like the grates, right? It's like a metal grate. Yeah. So like, if stuff he does, it, it falls like into sewage. the sewage. Yes, he did not know that the little lady, which is the name of the tour ship, or the <laughs> tour like these things, they they kind of look like old steamships a little bit. Like they, I mean, or not uh, steamships, but like the ones with the big thing in the back, the big rolling. Yeah, the you know steamboat Willie. They look a little like that, but without that. Without, like a ferry. Without the wheel. It's just a ferry. Yeah. Exactly. It's like a smaller ferry. So imagine you are, you're just visiting Chicago. You're probably from Wisconsin. You're just taking your family out for a, a quick weekend trip. You're like, oh, the let, big city. let the big city. You may even be a Dave Matthews fan. Maybe. Not for long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're out looking at the architecture and all of a sudden, eight Hundred pounds of human waste is dumped on you from above. There's a part in the Wikipedia that says there were no lasting effects. Like, I mean, that's good. everyone was fine. <laughs> yeah, that that stays with you. Not mentally. You, not yeah. you mentally. never get no. that smell out of your mind. No, 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 oh no. My God. And also compounding the tragedy, this was 2004, so this was at least three years before everyone had a cell phone camera, yeah. so we didn't yeah. get footage. Footage of that would have been so awesome, and we were robbed of that I by know. three years. Yeah, so close, too. Well, so close. if there so close. are any touring musicians or bands that listen to the show and are going to be passing through the Midwest, mm -hmm. if you want to take one for the team and do something really funny... Eat a bunch of Taco Bell. Eat a bunch of Taco yeah. Bell. Go over. Head to the Kinsey Street Bridge. <laughs> you can't miss not it. Far from, not far from where the Eastland went down. And keep an eye out for the little lady. Yeah. Why don't you? <laughs> anyway, that's our show. Yeah. Uh, a lot of death, a lot of uh, poop, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's all life is really, right? So we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you tuned back in. Hit a, hit a subscribe. Uh, I'm Charlotte. Oh, yeah, we have to say that. I'm Patrick. I'm Brian. Thanks for listening. Should we have, like, a cool yeah. sign-off? Like a boat uh, thing? Uh, <laughs> that's really good. That? Oh, a foggy uh, night. Yeah. Oh, and if you listen to this show on a ship... Tweet at us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, yeah. And tell another ship to listen. <laughs> you can follow the show at Ship Hits Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll be putting pictures up there of the disaster, of other, you know, morbid curiosities related to this incident. Yeah. And who knows, maybe a picture of Dave Matthews. Yeah, we'll see. You know, Dave. Yeah. He's, you know, yeah, his yeah, friends yeah, call yeah. him. All right. So long. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.